0: Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the Cast: old and busted. Kirk Cousins is an elite, so let's not pay him. New and fresh. Hey, look at all these scrub quarterbacks. Why don't we get one of those? Make up your mind, Kirkers. Drew Olson from the Big 920 in Milwaukee joins us to explain why fake tough guy Chris Paul earns his FTG of the week. All that and finally a woman speaks out on just how out of control the hashtag MeToo movement has become. You got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Tuesday, January 16th, 2018. And thank you, thank you for listening to the ZabeCast. I am Steve Zabin. I am here to humbly say that I have made a mistake. Yes, like Arthur Fonzarelli, a meh, meh, mistake. The mistake is, I said last week that I thought the Minnesota Vikings are, without a doubt, the most star-crossed, cursed, snake-bit, horribly bad episode-dealing, whatever you want to say, just the most cursed NFL franchise of all time. I went through the long list of Viking calamities. And after I did that, you listeners out there, God bless you, at least a couple, and I'm going to read their emails right now, said, oh yeah, Vikings, huh? Most snake bit, cursed franchise? Hold my beer. This one from Eric Kaiser, Kansas City Chiefs fan. Zabe, I wanted to give you my vote for the most cursed NFL franchise, and I don't think it's even close. It's my Chiefs. Yes, we won a Super Bowl in 1969. Only Detroit, though, Cleveland, and the Jets have had a longer drought than us. In the 1970s and 80s, our combined record is 126 and 163. That's 435. Utter mediocrity. In 1973, we had the Christmas Day double overtime loss to Miami at home, the longest playoff game ever. In 1981, we had AFC Rookie of the Year running back Joe Delaney drown while trying to save three kids in Monroe, Louisiana. In 1983, we drafted Todd Blackledge. Yeah, you've seen the 30 for 30. In the 1990s, we had the third best record in the league, 102-58, and 637 win percentage. We were only behind the Niners and the Bills. And what do we do with that record? We went to one AFC championship game and promptly lost it. In 2000, he says, Derek Thomas had his accident sliding off a snow-covered road while going as a fan to a Chief playoff game, not wearing a seatbelt. Most beloved Kansas City athlete since George Brett. 2009 to 2012, the Pioli era, an era of suspicion and lies and guys getting microphone, you know surveillance inside the building it produced a 359 win percentage and literally the chant of fire p o l e check 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 and banners flying around over arrowhead 2012 javon belcher murder suicide one of the most shocking incidents an absolutely horrifying incident that ended at the chiefs practice facility in front of Pioli, and then head coach, Romeo Cornell. That is pretty bad. But wait, he's not done yet. Playoff record for the Chiefs since 1990, 4-14. Four well, 4-14. Four How'd they ever win 4? You know the answer. It's a miracle. It's, it's Ah, uh, yes, and the repeated excruciating kick in the nuts. We have now lost 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in a row at home, in the playoffs. 1995, the Lynn Elliott game. Remember that one? Number one seed. We lost 10-7 to freaking Jim Harbaugh as Elliott missed a boatload of field goals. 1997, the Elvis Gerbach game. Number one seed again. Lost 14-10 to John Elway. Only had 170 yards passing. 2003, we had the no punt game. That was the one we lost to James, uh, Peyton Manning and James Harrison who carved us up 38-31. No punts, but we lost as well. 2010, the Matt Castle crush game. That was in the wild card at home. Lost 30-7. to 7. Matt Castle's line, 9 for 18, 70 yards, 3 INTs. 2013, the lucky fumble game. In Indianapolis, but still, I'm going to include it here, says Eric Kaiser. 38-10 lead, end up losing 45-44. to 44 as Jamal Charles got concussed in the first quarter, and it was downhill from there. 2015, the no-touchdowns-allowed game. We lost 18-16 to to the Pittsburgh Steelers, gashed for 170 yards by Le'Veon Bell. And then in 2017, we had the forward-progress Jeff Triplett farewell game in which we lost 22-21. Zabe, case closed. However, I would love to hear you and your guys' take on my misery. Enjoy the games. All the best. Eric Kaiser. That is a strong resume. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That is a really strong <laughs> resume. And I would forgotten all that stuff. And, yes, you can say, but oh, the Chiefs at least have one trophy. Yeah, from 69. Well, at least the Chiefs have been good for a long time. Yeah, they were under Marty, and they're now good under you know Reed, but the feeling of we're never ever going to win anything has to be debilitating has to be crushing for chiefs fans and that is a hell that is unique and different from the hell of say brown's fans or jets fans or redskin fans who haven't seen glory in 25 years it's a different kind of hell it's a hell of we're 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 good we're pretty good but we are so definitely not going to win anything big anytime soon either with our quarterback, who we know is just not good enough, or our head coach, who we know is just not built to win close, tough games. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of tough. Yesterday on my show on ESPN 980, I asked the boys, Solly and Scott, Scott and Solly, I said, where'd you watch the game? How did you watch the big finish with the Vikings and the Saints? Because I talked about how I watched it alone in my basement like I usually do because I've got no friends and I live too far out in the country for people to come over. And I still enjoyed it and I was watching it live and I screamed at the top of my lungs like, oh, my God, oh, oh. And so I asked Scott, I said, what'd you do? And he said, well, I was at my son's basketball game and my fellow dad was checking the score, but I didn't watch the game. And I got home at halftime and I started in on the DVR at Kona Silence. And the only thing that broke his cone of silence, he said, was uh, the fact that uh, someone texted him and mentioned the Vikings won. But he kind of said, but I didn't know how they won. And I said, well, that's still ruining it. Solly then said he went not just cone of silence, but he went, as I call it, North Korean nuclear bunker of silence. He didn't watch either of the Saturday games, and somehow remained enough of a recluse shut-in watching TNT or movies and not checking his phone that he didn't know the outcome of the first two games on Saturday, watched them on DVR, fast-forwarding through all the commercials and all the stupid stoppages for replays in about two hours flat. He says two hours is about the envelope of a game when you fast-forward through it. And then (laughs) watched the two other games on Sunday, again, fast-forwarding, fast-forwarding, but... um, Finally caught up and was out of fast forward, so he did watch the game live. That is amazing, and I don't think for a second that Solly is making any of that up. So it got me to thinking about the whole cone of of silence concept and how it used to be doable in the DVR, excuse me, the VCR age, where you would set your VCR for a big event. You'd be at a wedding. I'd do this when I was in my twenties. You know, I still had some hair gleam in my eye and i'd set my vcr for a big game or as the case would be like in the summer for a golf tournament if i'm at a uh, wedding or somewhere there's gonna be no tvs and of course well before cell phones had any kind of video or even data capability we're talking in the 90s and you could do it it was a lot easier to do back then nowadays i mean it's ridiculous apparently though 538.com a couple years ago had a so-called last man standing challenge in which they had a bunch of guys who agreed on the honor system to see how long they could go before they found out who won the Super Bowl. (laughs) There's no prize in it because you have to go on the honor system. But it was pretty funny to read. They had a spreadsheet of all the different ways in which their ability to stay standing ended. You know, how they, quote, died. Uh, Twitter troll was one explanation or overheard it on a TV at the airport or something else. It was pretty funny. I-, I don't know if they still do this or not. And I'm not sure if there, it would be great if there was a way you could make it an actual contest. But I don't think there's any way to do that to be able to prove that you don't know something until we get mind reading. One last thing on the whole cone of silence and not knowing the outcome of games. I came a- this clip from the Sopranos because I'm now just watching all the Sopranos bit by piece by piece, chunk by chunk, scene by scene randomly from one to another on YouTube and eventually I'll stitch them all together it's an addictive thing, it's like eating popcorn, dig- digital popcorn at my desk at night and so I came across the clip in which Tony bets on the Jets and he doesn't know the Jets have won until the next day when he groggily in that, you know uh, flying open, white bathrobe of his, sits down at the counter in their house with Carmela getting a cup of coffee to read the Jets' one, and he gets seethingly pissed because Carmella only let him bet $10,000 on it, not more. Take it away! God fucking damn it! What?
1: That's good, right?
2: No. I only bet ten. But you won. What did I say? What did I tell you? It's a short thing.
1: You talk about this crap like it's science, Tony.
2: I lost a lot of fucking money.
1: You didn't lose.
2: We could have turned your bullshit into a fucking million dollars.
1: My bullshit? That spec house was my investment for my future. Here we go. Jenny Sack had to move in with her fucking daughter, Tony. Again with
2: Jenny Sack,
1: huh?
2: John provided. She's a fucking hysteric. I never think I might know what I'm doing? You and the furniture and the clothes and the cars. You would have spent everything I made, if I let you.
1: You know what? The next time you win, I'll take a cut and I'll roll the fucking dice.
2: You already took your cut from the bird feeder. And don't fucking deny it again. What, 40 grand in the stock market? I'd ask for my piece, but wait, there's nothing. In house, I made the down payment. I bought the materials. I leaned on that building inspector and you would your thumb up your ass. So stop talking about your money! That don't mean
1: you piece of shit!
2: Fact is, you're a shitty businesswoman who built a piece of shit house that's gonna cave in and kill that fucking unborn baby any day. And now you can't sleep.
1: <laughs> Fuck yourself!
2: When I've got you can live in a fucking dumpster for all I care!
0: And that fight as uncomfortable with the language at the end, as bad as that one was, that is probably only the fourth or fifth most eyeball-peeling fight that Tony Soprano was in with a woman in the entire run of the show. In fact, it was like the third worst fight with Carmella. And then if you count the fights with Gloria and and others in his circle, (laughs) that was nothing. But it was a classic bite. All right, time to go to Milwaukee. Are you ready? ready? All right, joining us now on Tuesdays, as usual, from the Big 920 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, afternoon host and 12 year Brewer Beat and longtime friend of Zabe, our Midwest correspondent, Drew Olson, everybody. Hello. Good morning, Zabe. Let's bang on the drum, my man. I love it. The cheesy state theme song of Wisconsin, thanks to the Packers. You'll never shake this song. And there's a lot of versions of this song, too, I found out as I went looking for it.
3: Are there a lot of cover band versions? Because the perfect Wisconsin combination of that song would be a polka band playing
0: it. Uh, An authentic polka band. <laughs> Do you have polka bands in Wisconsin? Do you have fish fries in Wisconsin? Oh, you kidding? Do you me? have ice rinks in Wis? Oh, never mind. You have all of those things and then some.
3: Oh, here's we have a we had a dusting. We had our snow event, our first snow event, Snowmageddon 2018. Our I first heard about one. that. Yes, and it was a it was like three inches. Like for old guys like me, it was nothing. But it's wall to wall TV coverage and practically a run on bread and milk and toilet paper at the stores. That's you know, so funny.
0: You but, know, but, I I made Bob Madden our friend time-lapse video him snowblowing his driveway <laughs> and he did it and it's like really good and i i told him i said i just get horny for seeing a lot of work done in 30 seconds which is what time lapses are you know and you're is. like wow that's great like you're building a deck put a camp put your iphone up there set it to time lapse and then when you watch it you're like yeah that went really quick No, it didn't. It took all fucking day. I'm sore too. (laughs) We have um,
3: it's it's a powdery snow. It's kind of a nuisance snow, but we got like three and a half, four inches maybe, right? And that's yeah, that's nothing. But it's the way the culture has turned. It's a big deal on TV, and they oh, it's coming, it's coming, and everybody kind of freaks out, and then you realize it's not that big a deal. But I have a 17 year old daughter who drives my hand me down SUV tank to her school every day. Okay, and I got a text from her this morning as she went to school. Now. We tell her on days like today when it's been snowing overnight and stuff, give yourself extra time to get to school, right? You don't want to be rushing. You're going to be driving teenagers slower.
0: Teenagers with extra time. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that, generally, that does not go together. She's I don't know single She's generally pretty turnover. responsible, but teenagers, in this
3: case, no, that. she left at the moment. And then she gets to school, and I get a text that said, there's something wrong with my tires. Every time I turn, I slide and lose control of steering.
0: Oh, Jesus, to God. To
3: which I say, we live in fucking Wisconsin.
0: Yeah. Is she? Uh, was she in four-wheel drive? Um, I, I'm not sure. She was, um... <laughs> is but, it an actual four-wheel drive yeah, SUV? It, it, yeah, what uh, What kind of SUV is it? We,
3: it's an old Acura MDX.
0: Okay. And you she, know, You know, they made Acura MDXs that are front-wheel drive only. You know that. Yeah, they did. But this is and, not one of them. Okay. But this
3: is like, it's kind of on-demand-ish, you, but it's... Well,
0: ah, see, now, do you see. know the difference between all-wheel drive and yes, four-wheel drive? I do, yeah. And do you know the difference between on-demand all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive correct like, there's i i had to find this out because i was trying i used to, to have
3: a car where i had to go lock the hubs to do all that shit you know
0: <laughs> oh right to get out and actually <laughs> yeah, say okay we're going into four-wheel drive mode that's right. right now yeah i had the hardest time trying to you know do research on which suvs had the best actual four-wheel drive and not just the so-called you know adaptive stuff yeah And the the car makers like to hide it from you. They like to use a lot of bunch of mumbo jumbo. But unless it's true four-by-four, four-wheel drive, you're really not getting the best you should get in weather. You're really not. And
3: any any SUV, people think that they have these SUVs, but they slide around like everybody else. And what I told her is, you know, we live in Wisconsin, and I said— Just drive slowly and pump the brakes. Don't lock them. Now, this is her second winter as a driver, but we didn't get a lot of snow last year. Yep. But it's pump the brakes. Don't lock them up. And you're going to slide around. And the tires are relatively new, so it's not the tires. It's human error here. Yeah. And then came the the next text. like, Well, I drove into a snowbank. I'm like, are you at school? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. It's like, uh, all right then, just do better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do get better. better. <laughs> get off the snowbank and do better next time. Yeah, do
3: better. And it's it's a thing that where I should take her to Miller Park, which is empty now, getting ready for Brewers Baseball in and April. practice. But practice donuts. Slide And practice evasion. sliding around. Absolutely. Exactly. I might have to do that. Just get her there somewhere and just let her. And it is fun, and you carve it up. And I think it's probably technically something that the cops would pull you over for. If a cop sees you, yeah. they might come and say, Say, what are you doing? But we're practicing.
0: It's like legit. That's when you use the Jedi mind trick, and you just wave your hand and say, this is not the teenage driver you're looking for. And they'll yeah. say, oh, oh, this is not the team. Teen- <laughs> I- I've got to go bust somebody else in another part of Milwaukee. All right, let's get down to business Let's get here. to it. Let's get to it. All right, this is driving me beyond fucking crazy that I'm having to do this right now with Redskin fans. And I want your input as a guy who has covered sports and covered teams and understands the way things work. To help me get off of crazy and find some solace in somebody who understands what I'm talking about. Now, it'll break my heart if you agree with these morons, but we'll just see what you have to say. Basically because we've got a Final Four that has three scrub quarterbacks. There are Redskin fans, Drew, saying, Oh, huh, see? Why are we spending all this money on Kirk? You don't have to in the league. And I'm slapping my forehead saying, So what you're saying is, Something unusual has happened once. Therefore, it is the new truth and the new light and the new way, and I'm going to forget everything else I knew in life and follow this new way. It's so unbelievably maddening. Your thoughts?
3: That's the uh, it's the Trent Dilfer pr- principle. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. You can win a Super Bowl with any bag of donuts, right? But it's
0: an inside straight. This is like it, the poker analogy is, okay, Poker, you got a pair of tens. Like with Kirk and the Redskins, you got a pair of tens. Well, you're not going to win anything with him. First of all, they they're probably not even winning any hands right now, but that's just because the cards are not in our favor. It's not that a pair of tens is not a good starting point or Kirk is not a good starting point. People are saying, No, trade those two tens in. Let's hit the three, four, five, six, seven, eight of clubs, because that's the way to play this game. Here's what you say.
3: Here's what you say, Zabe. You say, all right, imagine that instead of Sunday, um, Sunday, 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 imagine that the NFC and AFC championship games were a month down the road. And you said to Jacksonville and uh, you said to Minnesota and you said to Philadelphia, we know you like your team and everything, but fuck that. We're giving you Aaron Rodgers and a month to get ready for the championship game how do you feel about that would you would you make that deal of course oh, but we can would. win we like our guy we want to win yeah. with our guy we're gonna win with our defense in our running game
0: oh it's Screw so that
3: it's so mad quarterback is everything it's the only thing and i don't give a shit what these three teams have done in a fluky year where rogers was hurt and exactly and roethlisberger lost and it just no right. it, that's not the that's not how it works
0: how about this let's say that uh, the chiefs did not choke against the uh, – uh, let's say that the playoffs worked out differently and instead the Jaguars got fed right to the to – the Vic- they got fed right to the Patriots in the first game and they got knocked out right away. Let's say that happened. Then are you going to say, oh, you know they're doing it right with the way they're building because yeah. Blake Bortles is good enough? You might say, oh, my God, Blake Bortles is still not good enough. Other teams have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. We need to step up our game. This doesn't work. But because yeah. they're in the championship game now, people are saying this is the new model. I
3: understand. Yeah, I I get your frustration. And I know you're kind of on an island. You're on Kirk Cousins' island by yourself. I'm not
0: on an island. There's people here. We're the mainland. It's the island that keeps yelling at us from the island of never Kirkers. And here's the thing. They're changing (laughs) their (laughs) logic, Drew. They're changing their logic. The old and busted logic is Kirk Cousins is not elite enough. He's not good enough. We're not going to win anything with him. We need to do better. We need to get a real franchise quarterback the new hotness is oh we don't need any good quarterback we'll just get some scrub like case keenum so wait what is it kirk's not good enough or we don't even need anybody decent pick pick your poison make up your mind and leave me alone for god's yeah. sake just pay the man his money it's not your money what do you give a shit how much he makes well that's the thing everyone's everyone i've always said this everyone loves to be the smartest football guy in the room and what Allows fans to think they're so smart being the world's greatest capologist because they will then go, "Ah, I would get uh, Tyrone Smith for uh, five million a year and I'd be doing much better and have money left over for, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy uh, Sikpanovich at safety or something like (laughs) that. And They show how smart they are because, look, I'm an armchair capologist. It's if, ridiculous. In the
3: modern NFL, if your quarterback's not your highest, player, highest paid player, you probably you're doing have it a wrong. shitty team. You're, you're doing, doing it wrong or you're getting team.
0: lucky. You're getting lucky yeah. like the Vikings are. The Vikings, uh, they had a stat that Case Keenum, I think, had like a 5.6 passer rating on downs. He was pressured, and that's not good. No. And he looked overwhelmed at one point in that game, and I'm thinking they're hanging on by a thread. And if the Eagles, who love to pressure, that, can score 20 points – on Sunday against that Vikings defense, I think they got every chance in the world. To I win. think
3: I absolutely. I would actually say that they're uh, in my book. I would I would bet the Eagles. I think they're going to win that game straight up. Really?
0: Of course, I that's do. your that's your Packer fandom, no, Viking no. hatred. No, not even. Through. It's just that uh, the, the
3: Vikings. Um, the 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 refractory period for the Vikings after that porn star orgasm they had on
0: Sunday is more than <laughs> seven days. You're right. Unless they are James Dean, and, they're going to be hard to. <laughs> to come again uh, this quickly
3: hell yes and and th- not only that um y- like you said i mean the eagles uh, the falcons are a better offense perhaps than minnesota or comparable julio jones they have Stephon better they have better
0: pieces but yeah. they have not operated that hot because of Sarkisian. they haven't but they scored 10 the-
3: points i mean and the eagles defense is good enough to hold that uh, vikings offense in check so it's a matter of can nick Foles. Can they win with, you know, 14 or 17? Yeah. Can they do that?
0: A moment everybody to uh congratulate Drew for being the first guy to use refractory period <laughs> on the Zabecast. That is a new one there and yes. that's why Yes, and that's why this podcast does have the explicit warning label on it, which some people said like I got a screen cap on Twitter where someone is trying to download the Zabecast on iTunes ding and Google Play ding and all these other places and and he said uh What's this, Zabe? My administrator it says, your administrator has blocked this material due to explicit content. And I'm like, hey, man, take that up with your administrator. I'm not your administrator. Yeah. I think it's a setting in your phone in which on iTunes you can set, like, your parental, yeah, parental controls. parental
3: controls, yeah. So I can't download NWA?
0: Apparently not, and you can't download this podcast because there's a fleeting (laughs) F-bomb here or there and some adult themes like coming and refractory period. Okay, as (laughs) compared to football. Uh, It reminds me of other one-time exceptions in sports. Like, remember that one time an NBA team won the title without any stars? It was the Pistons when they beat the star-studded Lakers. They had, what, Rip Hamilton and Ben Wallace and, like, a bunch of dudes. And nobody then said, well, let's go get rid of our stars because the Pistons did it. It was just that trick that almost proved the rule. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anyone's won an NBA title since having a star. No. no. At least and one star, if not two or three now.
3: You know, we're, we're two ice-covered sidewalk steps away from getting into the uh, Eli Manning thing because <laughs> you mentioned elite... <laughs> And you can't say elite without talking about ELI, ELI, and what, and what, who won and what about two Super that? Bowls. And well, my whole thing is that he's grossly overrated because oh, he got lucky twice. And, preach into the choir. And I, I hate to say to the it, choir. in the state that I'm from, it's horrible. But I once, and I could probably get excommunicated for saying this, but I once called him the Andy North of pro football.
0: He is. He is. His lifetime numbers are pedestrian yes and in the but he won two years and he was clutch he was
3: clutch drew and i'm like yes too bad he wasn't clutch any other time in his career because
0: outside of the two years that they won the super bowl he's never
3: won a playoff
0: game that's not good the difference between him and joe flacco is his daddy and his lineage and his his brother yeah you're right and so i I get a lot but they have the two rings. Actually, no. And- no, uh, Flacco has one. Dilfer yeah, has yeah, the other. Dilfer has the other. Ravens you, rings. I get what you're saying. Okay. No,
3: and then they're the same. It's the same deal.
0: All right. How about other one-time exceptions in sports that prove the rule that are inside straights? Basically, remember the time the Rockies got hot as shit. And then blasted their way into the World Series, and then promptly lost. Yeah, and they were like 500 at the break, and they got really, really hot. Oh,
3: They won like 25 out of 30 or something like that. Exactly. It was yeah.
0: No one said, "Oh, they, they're they're a team on the rock." I don't think we've heard from the Rockies since, have we? No. Yeah. No. Any and, other examples of? Uh, yeah, remember that one time this happened? That kind of the exception well, that proves the those, rule. There are those, um,
3: the, the fireworks that kind of go up and then. Phew, and then Fizzle, like, okay, the Royals, right? Like, they had their couple years. And, sure. And, oh, that's the way. And, it, yeah, those are the windows, and we deal with that in small market Milwaukee with the, the Brewers a little bit where you have – you better time your window. And they went and got Granky. They had Sabathia. They had their window when they had Braun Fielder and those guys and could afford them all, and then they couldn't. So you Your have to window, time it right.
0: The, the Brewer's window was open and closed so fast, it was like a, a shutter on oh, a DSLR. Oh, yeah. It DSL was like DSLR. from it was
3: 07, <laughs> to, it was 07 to like 12 or something, yeah. or, you know, or 7 to but 13 years
0: But after last year, Drew, you guys yeah, are working hard.
3: to fire it back up, and that's what you that got to do. That's, they're, they're, they're currently coming out of their refractory
0: periods, Abe. <laughs> Two for one on that one. <laughs> exactly. All right, can you, as we change gears here, can you explain the Vikings-Packers' Rivalry from a fan standpoint to those that are not from the Midwest to understand well, this the Viking Packer rivalry is almost as bitter as Bears Packers. It some definitely ways. is.
3: Yeah, there's there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of venom, but it's been lying dormant a little bit because the Vikings were irrelevant for a number of years after Favre left. I mean, it's always going to be there because of Favre, and there's always going to be that history and the heated games and that Ragnar and that Horn and um, oh. who's. Chris, Chris Hovan, the guy who used to get in Favre's face all the time, and Randall. With
0: the face paint.
3: Yeah, they used yeah. to have their guys, and there were, some, there were some really heated games. But for a while, it's been, it's been a while since both teams were good, which is what it takes. Now, the Bears thing will always be uh, uh, simmering, and it's always there, but it's, it's not as sweet when you know, one team sucks and the other team's
0: good. That's what we've had for the last you know, 10, 10 years or so. Does Minnesota, as a state, look down on Wisconsin? as a state. Is there the a little bit of that? Maybe. In, in the cities,
3: maybe. In the cities, maybe, but it, it's more... It, is it's Minneapolis near Saint the venom Paul, between Illinois, Wisconsin. Chicago, is, Wisconsin. You say Chicago to people here, and they'll get pissed. You say Twin Cities, oh, I like going up there for the Mall of America. I like it. You know, It's a nice
0: trip. It's, it's, <laughs> I like going up for the Mall.
3: It's, it's Minnesota nice. It's it's more us against Chicago. Chicago is seen as the big brother and you know, okay. is more hated. But in terms of the teams, it depends on how the, they're playing. And at this point right now, people hate the Vikings, and they'll say, oh, we hate the Vikings as much as the Bears. No, you fucking don't. Who's are lying ho- to
0: yourself. Whose hockey is better, Minnesota's or Wisconsin's? Because um, there's a lot of great hockey players.
3: It, it's much bigger in Minnesota. I mean, it's, hockey is still like a
0: it, – it's, not a, it's um, not a going concern. Population-wise, Minnesota as a state has you, have, has you guys in Wisconsin by what? Another thirty percent bigger. Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, this. And Minneapolis-St. Yeah. Paul
0: is a much bigger market. Than much Milwaukee. bigger than Milwaukee. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. And, and and I think a lot of the uh, the the friction there, as I've seen just from my years with Bob and Brian and being up there, is that you know there the the douchey dude bro fanboys of the Vikings clash with the douchey dude bro fanboys of the Packers and the cheeseheads much more than say Bears and Packer fans like there is a real like grinding of like when a, when a Packer fan up there sees purple they're like Ugh.
3: yeah and it's it, it's whichever team is better at that time and where the more it's the recency effect but True. the Bears thing will always be we hate them they come up here and they they spend the summers up here you go to Lake Geneva or Door County where there's a bunch of Illinois people that take over in the summer and people fucking hate them yeah and Minnesota people don't have that impact
0: and also there's the fact that Green Bay and the Packers are title town. And you have how many Lombardi trophies gleaming in your case? Well, that would be four. And, and 13 world titles, right? And I mean. Right. Four Lombardis and 13 world titles total. And how many do the Minnesota Vikings have? None for the thumb. <laughs> Zero. That's the saying here is none <laughs> for the thumb. <laughs> none for the thumb. But maybe this is their year, though, Drew. You got to. Oh. As a sports fan, you understand that destiny dust is real. And I it do. cannot be ignored, and they seem to be glittered in it right now after that I, game on Sunday.
3: I do, and it's um, that was their moment. If and that's their highlight. What was the play? It was Buffalo Seven Heaven or Buffalo. You mean the uh,
0: uh, miracle? The yeah, the
3: miracle in Minnesota music, was
0: the Music City Miracle. It
3: was Buffalo Right Seven Heaven. I think was the play call. It was. Yeah, didn't you see that? Oh yeah, Mike oh, Silver I didn't see wrote that. that column. Yeah, the name oh, of the okay. play call was like Buffalo Right Seven Heaven is going to be their rally and cry it's no, gonna be painted in, in man caves and yeah the picture of digs will be everywhere yeah that that but that that's their moment and that's the the documentary and hey man more power to them. i know that a lot of fans here would love to see them lose in just the most horrific fashion now that they've had their victory they've had their moment now they can go and get their their nuts crushed on a missed field goal and be, go back to being the vikings
0: wow and and you as a packer fan will not you promise not to rub it in right oh of course not no. I
3: mean, we're, we're just here not in the playoffs. It's, it's, it's so surreal here that the Packers were exited so fast. that Surreal.
0: Speaking of Packer news, Aaron Rodgers, it's confirmed now, dating Danica Patrick. Your thoughts, Drew? We've had an internal
3: uh, dialogue here in the studio. My producer of my daily show, Armin, is disappointed. She's not worthy of being Wisconsin's first lady. He doesn't think she's hot enough or up to the standard <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers should be pulling. A little old, too, right? She's a little older than him. I she's still think 40, she's a smoke she? show. She's thirty five, like, thirty six, thirty five. Oh really? okay. He's like thirty four.
0: Okay, but he, but shouldn't he be ten years? Shouldn't he be punching ten years down as yeah. a super alpha stud, good looking athlete?
3: And okay, here's the thing: we talked about this. He has to have somebody famous because when you when roll in his circles, you got to have somebody who can that deal can, with that. And, and deal with that punches on your class. Yeah, he's not going to date some hygienist. She is thirty-five. Who does triathlons, right? It has to be somebody who's been through that pressure cooker because that's you know first what, of all though? that's the circle you move
0: in. You know what though? I I too think Danica is hot, and I and I like her. I like her style, even though she gets a bit stompy and pouty when she doesn't have things she's, work out but on the she's racetrack. she's out
3: of that now. She's spunky. Okay, I know. now uh, yes, she's follow you, her
0: on Instagram. You have you checked her oh, Instagram? Smoke account? Show. Oh, it's
3: good. Show. Her her book too about how to stay in shape and all that competitive. She's now changing allegiance now. Are you following uh, the data? We have to. It's the life? law. It's the law. <laughs> um, but no, she's gonna she's disavowed her Bears allegiance now. Says she'll cheer for the Packers.
0: Um, I do love know? a brown eyed girl. There's no question about it.
3: Yeah, she's lovely, and it's, I keep hearing, well, she's not hot by the surreal. Okay, my, my uh, producer called her the Campbell Soup of, like, hot soups. Like, she's just, like, average and just acceptable, but not, like, to <laughs> die Campbell for hot. The
0: Campbell Soup of hot, that's funny. <laughs> you know, now that I look at her, she's got a little hybrid of Megan Kelly, who I love, younger by about 10 years, and a dash of maybe um, Angie Harmon.
3: Perhaps? Oh, I like, yeah, that's true. I can see
0: that. Super that, fit. W- Super well, then, fit what about well.
3: Olivia Munn? And, and yes older.
0: and yes, Olivia Munn—a uh, little bit of that dark guy. He, he clearly might have a type like
3: well. Arod. Arod likes those kind of Amazonian women, you know, blonde, bodybuilder types.
0: Don't, don't we all have types?
3: Yeah, I think he's. I think Aaron might be developing a type. That he I don't
0: likes. know about you, but my peenie just went. Huh? Yeah, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on. I'm on Danica's Instagram account now, and holy crap. She she does look good in every regard. However, you said, you know, dental hygienist. I bet you could find a dental hygienist who is every bit as hot as Danica Patchett. No question. And is in shape, and you're like, wow, she's a really good-looking middle-aged woman. Wait, is 35 middle-aged? What's 35 called? Is it young? 35 is not young. it
3: depends. If you you subscribe to the theory that women aren't worth a plug nickel unless they look 25 and younger...
0: That you might
3: be. That's a theory? <laughs> some people would
0: hold that. Yes. You've been around ballplayers too much, man. Ballplayers I mean... are completely unrealistic about everything. But, yeah.
3: But Aaron's slow playing it in the Jeter way, which I give him props for, because um, the saying around baseball clubhouses is don't even think about getting engaged till your second time
0: through arbitration. Wow. Right? So that's <laughs> yes. the thing. Because you don't want to be... <laughs> All right. you want to be hauling around your A-ball wife. One more before we play an exciting new segment called FTG. I'll explain it in just a second. But before we get to that, I just want to ask you, Drew, are you as done as I am with win probabilities? You know that after an amazing game or a finish – Somebody trots out from the Nerd Lab on Twitter. uh, According to ESPN stats and info, uh, the Chiefs had a 97.2% chance of winning with four and a half minutes left in the game, and they lost. I am done with this bullshit. Of course, any amazing outcome in which a comeback or a miracle play wins the game is going to have preceding it a very high percentage of win probability. I'm done with it. Your thoughts?
3: It uh, reminds me of my trip on a cruise. I was with my buddy Johnny Vegas. We were getting our balls blown off on a crappy cruise ship casino at the blackjack table. <laughs> and after about 45 hours of just progressively getting more pissed, we kind of had an all-in hand. And uh, we both were sitting with 20s and watched a, a, a female dealer who was about four feet tall of Polynesian descent pull seven cards to a 21. And shove it to, <laughs> shove it up our ass That's win probability for you
0: yeah, My yeah. boy
3: Johnny Vegas almost flipped over the table As we left and exited He took his beer bottle of Miller Lite Spiked it into a
0: garbage can Made people think there was an explosion On the chip A four foot Polynesian dealer It was really bad uh, a, a sweet woman named Ming or uh, yeah, Chong that's... or something like that. Seven, two, one, eight. She was three. smiling
3: while she did it. And my boy, I thought my boy was going to flip the table.
0: Hey, it was only a seven card Backdoor 21. Oh, yeah. I've seen the eight card ones before, oh. and those are a sight to behold. Oh, oh, man. I can't even imagine. Having lived through the seven. So let me get this straight, a- and maybe I should uh, investigate more because I'm sure some numbers nerds are going to say, well, you don't like it because you suck at math, Dave. That's well established. You even admit it. If you just knew a little bit about math and statistics, why, you'd appreciate the uh, virtues of win probabilities. Okay, fine. I guess they're taking, what, a database of previous games in which Team A was uh, leading Team B in Sport X yeah. with Y number of minutes and seconds left. And they just they they data mine that, and they pull it all out and go well. Historically, this is what percentage of the time that team wins. Is that how they do win? I, I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah, you know um,
0: that has to be right because the, otherwise, the you...
3: guys like Nate Silver from five thirty eight, like he, he got to start at Baseball Prospectus. I met him and his guys, you know, a decade ago at the winter meetings when they were, you know, kind of trying to get established. And they were doing this kind of stuff, and they were ma- mining that data. And it's transformed sports, no doubt. And, like, they had at 538, they've, they've been uncanny with elections. They had Trump, like, 30% to win or 35% to win. And you think, that's better chance than the Vikings had.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, right. compared to the Vikings at that point, you know, who were 96% to lose that game. But win probabilities, they're all backwards looking, aren't they? Because, like, when you say, like, for example, if – The Packers with Aaron Rodgers are down eight with 38 seconds to go at their own 35. That win probability might be 50-50 because he's that fucking good. If you have any other quarterback, then the win probability might be 2%. That's true. Know what I'm saying? And I'm not sure that actual win probs that are quoted account for, well, who's actually in charge of winning the game. But I don't know. You know what, you numbers nerds out there, help educate me. Oh, my God, there's a picture of Danica with Hannah, Hannah Storm. God, it's like mother-daughter. Oh, <laughs> oh, man.
3: Hannah's not that old. Always, It'd be like older sister uh, or aunt.
0: Oh, aunt, yeah, maybe. Aunt, aunt Hannah, because I'm a huge Hannah Storm fan well. Well, actually, as technically, well.
3: it probably could be. But it would be like a very <laughs> just-out-of-high-school
0: mother-daughter. Okay, we're going to play a new game here, Drew. And Love I hope, it. I hope you're up for it. It's called FTG, otherwise known... Quite simply as, fuck that guy. (laughs) I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Ha ha, fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. All right, the rules are simple. Just pick one guy in the world anywhere. Sports, entertainment, entertainment. Just a random dude in line in front of you at the grocery store. Anyone who deserves to get the old FTG. Fuck that guy. Drew, who do you got this week?
3: All right, I got one this week, and it's topical based on last night. After uh, Martin Luther King Day, when there were 21 technicals and five ejections in the NBA, um, in a show of peace. Yes. By the way, a buddy of mine who uh, travels, he's in the Bucks traveling party, uh, told me that the... Uh, NBA matinee is the NBA it's the NBA equivalent of the NFL Thursday
0: night game that they shouldn't ask these guys to play matinees well, maybe they should color rush that game yeah. Matt Nate oh, C- Color Rush in the NBA. Okay, go ahead.
3: But my fuck that guy is going to be Chris Paul. <laughs> yes. Because I'm told by people, and I have a buddy who's a big Clippers fan, and how awesome he is, and Hall of Fame, and one of the best ever. What's he ever fucking won? And nothing. When you see him act like he did last night, the fake tough guy of like, go, let's take him in a back tunnel and get in that locker room. Right. Ocean's
0: Eleven. Where yeah. to go, Danny Ocean? Yeah. leading them to and a fake fight in the locker room.
3: This was his much-awaited homecoming. They played a tribute to him at, in, on the video screen, which I don't think the Clippers necessarily liked.
0: And they lost. They and lost, yeah. which is great. And they're and ripping so, Blake Griffin's shorts off, and they're getting into it with the coaches. So, and for Chris that's Paul. That's pretty much summed
3: up his career, though. Here he is. like, And he's, they, people who've played with him said he's hard to play with, and he's a, he's a bitcher and a backstabber, and... Uh, He's the kind of guy, he's exactly the kind of guy that would then lose the game and then go try to start a fight.
0: So, in honor of Chris Paul, Drew? Fuck that guy. Yeah! Ooh. I really hate your right now. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that posted up really nice, didn't it? It was totally it was random pretty as good. well. It was All amazing. right, my FTG for today, my fuck that guy, goes to one Teddy Valentine, longtime peacocking Big Ten college basketball referee. This happened a while ago, but I never got to it. He turned his back on Joel Berry of North Carolina, who was being held on an outlet pass. And he tried to say, Hey, man, I got held. You see that? And Ted Valentine turns his back and folds his arm like some drama queen. And it was like, You got to be kidding me. Ted Valentine has been doing shit like this for years in college basketball, and, and he then claimed victim status by basically saying, I'm thinking about retiring after this. I don't, I don't want all this attention. I was trying to defuse the situation. Hey, Ted Valentine, fuck that guy. Love it. All right. Any closing we, thoughts today? We got to dive Drew? into that
3: because it's funny because the the Big Ten the referees are getting to be rock stars. And in basketball, you had Ed Ed Hightower, and you have these guys that seem Hightower to work was every, good. every, Don't every just, fucking
0: game. No, I liked it. Hightower was good. Don't besmirch him.
3: I, I won't. I liked him. But there are there's like a handful of refs, and maybe even Gene Steratore because he's recognizable. But there's a handful of refs who seem to work every game, and they'll be working in Kansas one night, and then Hawaii the next night, and then Durham, North Carolina the next night. And like, why don't we have more and better referees?
0: But that's yeah, that's interesting.
3: With, with the, the calls in that we've seen in the NFL, the calls now in the NBA, I, I would say we got to dive into who has the best officiating. Because as much as it takes slings and arrows, Zabe, I think baseball umpires are might have the best batting average
0: of anybody out there. Ah, interesting, Nats People- fans. Nats fans recalling this year's Game Five at home. Uh, against oh shit, who do we lose to this year again? I forget. Cubs? Yeah, the Cubs. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there was some horseshit calls in that game, and all the Kings replay machines <laughs> couldn't fix them. In fact, replay fucked us on a off-the-base play at first with our stupid backup catcher who thought he was going to steal behind a runner at second base uh, in a two-run game in the uh, oh. seventh inning. Yeah, that that's smart. painful. All right, true I'm just
3: bound batting average. I, just the way that the officials. Okay. Is yeah, going. we can talk about the best and worst
0: officials in each sport coming up next week as always follow drew on twitter at drew olson mke and listen to a show on the big 920 in milwaukee every day from from uh well one to three in milwaukee noon to three in madison if you have the iHeartRadio app you can listen to the whole damn thing very good don't work bang your drum all day and bang drew on big 920 thank you drew i can't wait this is my refractory period for the next zabe cast refract refract my friend We'll send you out today with this from the world of hashtags, hashtag #MeToo. Recently, it was funny because Floyd Mayweather was apparently oblivious to the whole hashtag #MeToo movement, and instead was bragging about some expensive new car he had. And you know, people sum up the usual outline or online outrage about this, and I'm just laughing, thinking like <laughs> Floyd Mayweather does not care. Like, he doesn't know, he doesn't care, you are completely wasting your time. That said, all along, sensible people, mostly men, but also some women, have said, hey, hey, whoa, we gotta kinda slow down a bit on this hashtag me too, because there is a difference between rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment at work and sexual misconduct, and then there's sexually inappropriate behavior, and then there's all different variants of things that you might say, well, I didn't like that, that was creepy. doesn't arise to a crime, and if you're not in an actual workplace environment, what are you actually saying there? But at the height of the Me Too movement, you know, three months ago, I guess, has it been three months? Maybe less than three months. You know, you would have been shouted down as a lunatic and a heretic and burn him at the stake if you were to dare to say whoa this is kind of getting out of control well i'm going to play you some audio today from a prominent female television personality who has pushed back against the latest incident of hashtag me too and that involves comedian aziz ansari and aziz ansari recently won a uh he won a award, an Emmy, something like that, for I think his TV comedy series. I think it's called Last Man Standing, ironically enough. And uh, he had recently won an award, and apparently a young woman, she was like 23, he was like 35, so it wasn't completely out of you know the context, went on a date with him, and went back to his apartment in Manhattan. And things got sideways. And she talked about this in an interview with a website called babe.com net. I've never heard of that website. Anyway, she writes, and sorry wanted to have sex. She said she remembers him asking again and again, where do you want me to fuck you now? While she was still seated on the countertop, she says she found the question tough to answer because she said she didn't want to fuck him at all. I wasn't even really thinking of that. I didn't want to be engaged in that with him, she said, but, I, but he kept asking, so I said, next time. And he goes, oh, you mean the second date? And I go, oh, yeah, sure. And he goes, well, if I poured you another glass of wine now, would it count as our second date? He then poured her a glass and handed it to her. She excused herself to the bathroom soon after. Grace, not her real name, says she spent around five minutes in the bathroom collecting herself in the mirror and splashing herself with the water. She then said firmly and 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 calmly to and sees Asari, you know. I think you've misunderstood my intentions. I enjoyed our date. I think you're extremely talented, but I'm not interested in a relationship, and so I'm going to go home now. Oh, no, wait. She didn't say that. (laughs) Just kidding. She then stayed and went back to Ansari. He asked her if she was okay, and she said, I didn't want to feel forced because then I'll hate you, and I'd rather not hate you. I guess this proceeded then on he was trying to keep going and get after it and take it, you know, try to press it up on the base paths, so to speak, for the next 10, 15 minutes before she left. And the next day said, you know, I didn't feel really good about that. I didn't feel comfortable about that. And I guess Ansari said, yeah, I'm, well, I'm sorry about that. I just, you know, I, I thought maybe, you know, something was going to happen or something to that effect. Now Aziz Ansari has been taken off of. His recently award-winning show and his career, if not ruined, certainly has been driven into the ditch. Now we say, take a listen to one Ashley Banfield, used to be on CNN. I pulled this clip and I didn't even look at what TV outlet she is on right now. I'm not sure it really matters. always been a fan of her look, by the way. Hashtag me too, you sexist pig. I know, I'm just saying. Great journalist, by the way. Here's what uh... ashley banfield had to say about this whole incident
1: dear grace not your real name i'm sorry that you had a bad date i've had a few myself they stink i'm sure it must be really weighing on you um, it's hard being a victim very painful just ask anyone who's been on that end of crime and justice i cover them every day it's no picnic but let's take a moment to reflect on what you claim was the worst night of your life End quote You had a bad date. Your date got overly amorous. After protesting his moves, you did not get up and leave right away. You continued to engage in the sexual encounter. By your own clear description, this was not a rape, nor was it a sexual assault. By your description, your sexual encounter was unpleasant. It did not send you to the police. It did not affect your workplace or your ability to get a job. So I have to ask you, what exactly was your beef? That you had a bad date with Aziz Ansari. Is that what victimized you to the point of seeking a public conviction and a career-ending sentence against him? Is that truly what you thought he deserved for your night out? Let me be completely clear. If you were sexually assaulted, you should go to the police right now. If you were sexually harassed, and your bad date, because of his actions, mitigated your ability to do your job, you should definitely speak up and loud. Because that's happened to me too, and it stinks. But if you just had an unpleasant sexual experience, you should have gone home. Maybe just go ahead and tell your friends to avoid this guy, he's gross. Go ahead, tell the date himself he's gross. That he is not the lover that he thinks he is. And without question, don't go on a second date with him. Certainly do not marry a guy like that. But what you have done, in my opinion, is appalling. You went to the press with the story of a bad date, and you have potentially destroyed this man's career over it, right after he received an award for which he was worthy. And now here is where I am going to claim victim. You have chiseled away at a movement that I, along with all of my sisters in the workplace, have been dreaming of for decades. A movement that has finally changed an oversexed professional environment that I too have struggled through at times over the last 30 years in broadcast.
0: Wow. And with that, you gotta applaud her. You gotta applaud her. There honestly, there can't be much more truth packed into what she had just said there. That while there are lots of gray areas and You know, it's now time in which women have been empowered to be able to say, no, no, this is not my intention, and this is a definite no. And if, you know, if you want to eventually have a sexual relationship, then we're going to have to date for a while because I'm that kind of a gal. I'm an old fashioned kind of a gal. It is now much more on the women to be upfront and direct and clear and unequivocal as to what's going on because Aziz Ansari is probably, even though he's rich and famous, And funny, just a fucking nerd with no game. And so he was in that situation thinking, okay, you know what? Uh, Maybe this will turn in my favor here. But Ashley Banfield, I wonder what what the reaction to her is going to be. I'm sure she's going to catch a mountain of shit from women that say, you still don't get it. You don't get it. You'll never get it. How dare you say that? Stay tuned, I'm sure, for more. That will do it today. On the ZabeCast, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please subscribe on iTunes. It is submitted to Google Play. They're sitting on their asses at Google, and they haven't approved it yet, but it will be shortly. There's lots of other ways around it, all your favorite podcast places. And, of course, tell two friends, please. I really appreciate it. You can reach me at Zabe at Yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter at Zabe, and, of course, Zabe.com, my website for even more content from me and archives of these shows on SoundCloud and more. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we will see you next